Hello and welcome to Kaplan's NCLEX PrepCast, brought to you by KaplanNursing.com, which offers prep courses for both the NCLEX RN and NCLEX PN examinations. In today's podcast episode, we are going to discuss the NCLEX and specifically moving beyond the world of multiple choice, which of course is the most common uh, question type you'll see on test day. We're going to talk about the most dreaded question types on test day, and those are those alternate items. And we have a fantastic guest on the show with us today. Her name is Roberta Harbison. She has been a nurse for uh, over 40 years and is has been in uh, med surge nursing. She has been teaching for the past 15 years and has been an instructor for Kaplan for the last 10, teaching, of course, the NCLEX. And she also does, I should say, academic support for us for the complete NCLEX review courses that we offer to students. So I want to go ahead and welcome Roberta to the show. How are you, Roberta? I'm great, Matt. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on to the show. It's uh, it's always great to have our, our instructors come on and lend their expertise to students. And this is your first time on the show. So I always like to ask the those who are new guests for us to uh, introduce themselves. So I'd love if you could, uh, for the listeners at home, just uh, talk a little bit about your journey as a, as a nurse. Uh, as you said, it's been about 40 years since I've been a nurse. And in that sense, I have been a nurse longer than probably most of you that are listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, but I knew in high school that I wanted to be a nurse and went to nursing school right after high school, um, was a nurse and have been practicing ever since. Uh, I've never regretted nursing uh, for a career. It is a wonderful career, uh, not only helping people, it also provides job security. And there are so many different areas where you can work in uh, that are varied, uh, so many different ways. Uh, and I'm testament to that. Uh, med surge nursing is my love because you can be a generalist. There's a little bit of everything. You'll have to be a great time manager in order to do that. Um, and as I progressed, I've, I've always loved being at the bedside. Um, but, but second to that was teaching. And as my other life responsibilities uh, got greater, I felt that... Um, teaching was, was better fit in with my lifestyle. And I love sharing with students um, and helping them uh, to see the light bulb go off uh, when they finally get an idea. And sometimes that's, it takes a little bit of time, but when it does, it's very rewarding both for the teacher and for the student. That's wonderful. And I, I heard that you said that you were first uh, you said you first decided to become a nurse or you knew you wanted to be a nurse in high school. What first inspired you? Was it a particular moment or was it just by learning more about the nursing field? Like what was your your moment of saying, this is what I want to do for a career? Well, that's funny that you asked that. I um, I'm a reader. I've always been uh, pretty much of an introvert. Uh, I've never uh, been a real social <laughs> being. So when I was a kid, I read a lot um, by myself. And my 
light bulb moment for nursing was a series of books. And I'm sure that, well, I don't know, I'm not sure, but they probably are out of print. And it was a series of books written. It was called Cherry Ames Student Nurse. Cherry was her name. And there was maybe 18 or 20 books, uh, started with student nurse, and then she graduated. It was all about nursing school. And then she had all these different jobs. Um, she was a hospital nurse. She was a doctor's office nurse. She was a flight nurse. She was a, you know, all these different um, aspects of nursing. And I just read those books from cover to cover and knew that that's what I wanted to do um, for my life's work. That's interesting. That's, that's a lot of books to commit to, 18 to 20. That's <laughs> quite a lot. But that's interesting. I've never... Uh, I mean, I, I haven't spoken with every nurse out there, but that's that's one I haven't heard before. So that's a really interesting story. And it's ironic that as a, someone who was introverted back in the day, and maybe even still today, you're here on a podcast that's going out to, you know, thousands and thousands of nursing students. So remind me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'll, I'll mention it again at the end <laughs> once we're done. Um, and I know you said you love teaching. I'm curious, and I haven't really asked this of too many of our instructors, but what, what do you love most about uh, being an NCLEX instructor? You know, um, being a faculty member in a school, you have the focus of imparting knowledge uh, to students because that's the goal of school, to learn nursing content. And there's tons and tons of of information and facts that you have to get in your brain. But what the NCLEX is doing is testing how, not that you've learned that content, but how you're going to be as a nurse taking care of patients. So we move the student from thinking like a student and learning all that content to thinking like a nurse and what is it going to be like actually taking care of patients. They've taken care of patients in the clinical area, but now they're gonna be on their own and we need to make sure that they're safe and that they can apply the knowledge um, and think safely. And I think that the, that's what the NCLEX is testing. So it's a little bit of a different perspective. And a lot of students think that the NCLEX is gonna be just like another nursing exam. And they're very surprised when we go in a totally different direction. And to see students make that transition from student to nurse um, is, again, it's another light bulb moment and it's kind of exciting when it happens. That's a great answer. And it's true, right? It's that transitional period between being a nursing student and a real licensed nurse. Um, and of course, our goal is to make sure you do it right the first time and you pass. So I knew that you were you know, the perfect person to bring onto this episode and talking about transitions. Let's actually transition to talking about this topic. Uh, because again, you've been an instructor for 10 years and you do help us as uh, one of our, you know, quote unquote, NCLEX experts who's uh, ongoing helping all students in our classes with whatever questions they have. So when we talk about alternate items, we know that the NCLEX is made up of multiple choice and it's made up of those alternate format or alternate item questions. What exactly do we mean by an alternate format question and what are the types of, what are the alternate types of questions? Yeah, most students are used to four option multiple choice where you're giving, given a situation uh, and in, in the stem of the question, it's a clinical situation, and then you have four options and you need to pick the best one. Um, alternate 
means it's different and it's different than the four option multiple choice. Uh, in the last 10 years, NCLEX, the National Council of State Boards of Nursing who write the questions and administer the NCLEX exam are adding more alternate format questions, which means they're asking questions in a different way than the standard STEM and four options. So uh, alternate format can mean very, very different things. It can be as simple as a hotspot question where they give you a diagram and you need to click your mouse on a certain area that they ask you to uh, click on. Uh, it can be as complicated as the select all that apply questions where there are really multiple answer questions where they ask you a question and then you have to choose multiple answers, answers that either are correct or incorrect, depending on what they're asking you. Uh, and those are the ones that the students uh, have a lot of difficulty with, or they could be anything in between. Um, we have fill in the blank questions where you probably have to do some math calculations. And um, <clears throat> students uh, have a little struggle with those sometimes, but, but not as much as some of the other ones. Uh, they also have ordered response questions where they give you four or five uh, steps in a procedure or they ask you to rank patients as far as priority needs go and you have to not just pick what is the most important but you need to pick what would who you would see first second third and fourth so that takes uh, a little bit more complicated thinking um, and then we have uh, the newest type of alternate format questions are chart or exhibit where they give you a, a chart uh, that has numbers on it, uh, different, it could be vital signs, it could be lab studies, uh, and the student needs to interpret those lab studies. And then they also have audio questions. And those are the newest ones where you put on a set of headphones, you identify a sound, uh, could be breath sounds, whether it's normal or abnormal, or bowel sounds, and then you answer a question about those. So lots of different ways of seeing uh, how the student is thinking and if they can think safely through a situation. It's amazing that there are so many question types. I think a lot of students going into this test just think, oh, multiple choice, and then maybe select all that apply or hotspots, but there really is a lot that can come up. Uh, what do students find typically to be the most challenging? What are students usually emailing you about when it comes to uh, alternate format? That's definitely the select all that apply questions. Um, it, they take several steps to answer. You only, you don't get any partial credit. So if you pick two out of three of the correct answers, it doesn't matter, you still get it wrong. And so you have to go through multiple steps to answer and yet it's, all, it's an all or nothing proposition. And that can be very intimidating and anxiety producing for students. Yeah, I, I, we hear that a lot, that students are always anxious about those select all that apply questions. And if we ever 
you know, post a free question that's uh, select all that apply, it definitely gets the most attention because, uh, again, students are, are really anxious about that. And we see a lot of questions about those, uh, about those types of questions as well. Uh, so I guess a good follow-up question to that is when it comes to select all that apply questions, how can students tackle these? We know that it's really like if you get if you get if you don't even select the right answer, one of the right answers, or you accidentally select one of the wrong answers, you get the whole question wrong, and there's no partial credit for it. So, what are some ways that students can tackle that type of question? One one thing that's really important to note about select all that apply is that you need to know both content and apply thinking. And that's why they're so difficult. A lot of times on, this, on the four option multiple choice, you may not know the content. For example, you might not know what a drug is, but if you know that the NCLEX exam is testing your ability to be safe and seeing if you can prioritize there are ways that students know how to prioritize and so they can make an educated guess at the right answer for a four option multiple choice. But with select all that apply, if you don't know the content that the topic of the question is asking you about, along with thinking about that content, that's where students get tripped up. Um, and that's why they're hard and that's why they ask them uh, because it really discriminates the student's thinking. And so when you're studying those questions, it's really important to not only know how to think about those questions, but to make sure that you have a solid foundation of the content that the question is asking you about. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and like you said, you really, you need to know it. It's, it's hard to, get around that if you don't know uh you know part of the answer even then it's it's really hard to uh to get around that um there were two other types that i did want to talk about a little more specifically and one of them was another one that you mentioned which was ordered response because i know that's another challenging scenario so what makes those ordered response questions difficult and what can students do to try to tackle those questions the ordered response are like the select all that apply in that it takes you several steps of thinking. You can't just look at it and pick the right answer uh, immediately. You have to slow down, you have to consider what they're asking, and you have to logically and, and in an organized fashion think about things. Now with um, some of the ordered responses, it asks you steps of a procedure. But the problem is that it doesn't include all of the steps of the procedure. It leaves some of them out. And so that kind of trips students up. So how you need to approach those is to say, okay, I can go through the steps in my mind, but if one of the steps isn't there, I just need to let that go and go on and see if the next one is there. So going through the procedure in your mind, but realizing that some of them, there's gonna be holes, some of them are not going to be there, um, and don't let that trip you up is a way of doing that. Now, some students like to get the first one and the last one, and then spend all their time working on the middle ones, because usually the first and the last are, are more obvious. Um, but some students don't, and they like to work through that systematically uh, and, and logically. You need to try both 
ways to see which is more comfortable for you. But then once you get the way that's most comfortable, stick to that and be consistent in the way you think. Interesting. And you're not the first person to talk about that consistency in the way that you think. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely an important and I think often missed skill uh, or way to approach this test. Uh, as I said, I did have two more, so that was one of the two. Uh, the other one I did want to talk about that I know students are often anxious about is the fill in the blank, or many students recognize them as dosage and calc, since they do often include dosage and calc questions. So uh, what makes these challenging, and what are some tips you have for students who are worried about this question type? Okay, fill in the blanks and calculations are all about numbers, but... If you remember that NCLEX is a safety test, you always have to keep that in the back of your mind. So it's more important than just calculations. So this is safety, usually about medications. So we, we wanna be safe when, when you give medication. So how do they ask you that? They put a lot of extra stuff in the question that you don't need to do the calculation. So you have to determine what do I need, what's relevant and what's irrelevant. Use what you need and just ignore the rest of the stuff. Um, you also need to read slowly and carefully when you're administering medications to a patient. And so you also have to read slowly and carefully when you answer these questions. You give them exactly what they ask for. Don't make assumptions about what they want. They will tell you very clearly in the answer or in the uh, question what they are looking for. And if you assume what they're looking for because you've had a similar question in, in nursing school, you're gonna miss some important steps. So read slowly, carefully, and if you can, when you're practicing, don't use your iPhone or a handheld calculator because you're going to need a drop-down calculator on the computer because you can't take your phone or uh, anything into the test room with you. So if you have the ability to use a drop-down calculator in your practice, that's the best way to do that. And that's why we at Kaplan include that drop-down calculator in all our practice questions and courses so that students can get used to using that because it's not, um, it's not intuitive and it takes a little, it, it's kind of bulky and tedious to get used to using it. Uh, so it's good to be able to practice with that ahead of time on those questions. Yeah, I really need to emphasize that point uh, and, and, and reinforce it because I, I mean, even personally, I found uh, when I was preparing for a computer adaptive exam that actually practicing in that exact format using the exact same tools, uh, really trying to mimic what the experience is going to be like is really something students often overlook and at the same time, when you get to the testing center, if you're not familiar with it, and I made the mistake the first time I took computer adaptive test of not preparing that way, um, I was trying to get used to every every part of the interface. But then, you know, I had to. I went back and I, I did it the right way, um, and my score was a lot higher on that test because of uh, a having more practice, but b really understanding and practicing in that environment. So I agree, definitely want to use that that calculator feature inside the exam much like it's going to be on the NCLEX rather than your uh, 
iPhone, which is, which is going to be in a locker when you get to the testing room. Right. <laughs> so as we're talking about these alternate items, I think a common question students have is, how many am I going to see on the test and, and when am I going to see these questions? So how can students know how many they're going to see and, and when they're going to see them? And this is a hard answer because the answer is they don't know. Um, and the National Council does not give us um, percentage numbers. Now they will tell us that at this point, at least 50% of their questions are going to be still for option multiple choice. But it doesn't seem that way to the student who is anxious about alternate format questions. And so knowing that fact um, is helpful in that, you know, you may look, feel like you're getting all alternate format questions, but you're, you're, it's still less than 50% of the questions that you're going to get. The other thing that students need to realize is that the computer does not know if it's giving you a four option multiple choice or an alternate format question. Uh, and this is important because you have to know what the computer is picking based on, and that is the area of the test plan. There's eight test plan areas that the NCLEX has a, a that, that the computer can pick from, and those percentages are laid out uh, and they're not going to vary, and the level of difficulty of the question. So, there's a passing line and you can get questions above or below it depending on how you answered the previous question. So these alternate format questions are in the same big vat or pool that the computer has to choose from when it's giving you a question. It doesn't know whether it's an alternate format or a four option multiple choice. All it knows is that it needs a specific difficulty level and a specific area of the test plan. So it might need a pharmacology question and it's above a passing level. So that question is just those two criteria, not whether it's alternate format or whether it is four option multiple choice. They're all in the same pool and the computer just picks those two criteria. A lot of students that write to me say, I got X amount. Well, first of all, you shouldn't be counting how many you have because that takes focus away from the concentration you need to answer the question in front of you. And the other thing is, Students get, in their first 75 questions, they get 15 experimental questions. Those are questions that the NCLEX writers are testing. They don't count, but they're testing those questions for future use on the exam. But you don't know whether they're experimental or not, so you have to answer them to the best of your ability. And a lot of those ones, the new ones that they're testing are alternate format questions. So students panic when they're getting a lot of alternate format questions in the beginning, but, but try to relax and recognize that 15 of those are not even gonna count, but you still have to answer them to the best of your ability um, because you just don't know. 
Yeah, and it's a shame that you won't know how many you're going to get or when you're going to see them, but that's even more important why, again, you want to become familiar with them so that when you do see one, it's almost as if you're just seeing another multiple choice question. You're ready for it. You're ready to tackle it. It doesn't even matter what the format is, uh, which brings me to my next question, which is how can you even begin to, uh, you know, especially for the student who's listening, who has only really been practicing with multiple choice or is not yet ready to start practicing for the NCLEX, what can you do to prepare for these alternate items? Okay. That, that's a great question, Matt. And I have an answer. <laughs> um, I'm glad. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> we'd go on to the next one. <laughs> for for hotspot questions, students um, have to change their study habits a little bit. The normal student, and this is back from when I was a faculty member and even from NCLEX, Students tend, when they're reading textbooks, to skip over pictures and just read text unless they need uh, clarification. When you're studying for your NCLEX, don't do that. Look at the illustrations, look at the diagrams, because those are potential hotspot questions. And so when you're reading um, any of the NCLEX prep books you have, our course books for Kaplan, even looking at your textbooks, if you're reviewing those, make sure that you include looking at illustra illustrations or diagrams, because that's exactly the things they're gonna ask for hotspot questions. The other important thing is to make sure that you have a solid foundation of content in the essential nursing uh, content knowledge that you need to answer those select all that apply questions. The other third thing that I would would uh, suggest is practicing. You've got to practice, practice, practice with all types, not just the four option multiple choice because you're going to see all types. And the the revisions that we have made at Kaplan in the last several years to our questions and our courses are in adding more and more of the alternate format items uh, in our question banks and in our courses. And so uh, with Kaplan products, you get lots of practice in all of the different areas of the types of questions that you will see. Yeah, that's great advice. And I know that, as you mentioned, our, our question bank, our Q bank, does include those uh, alternate items and quite a number of them, actually. But is this something that you also talk about in your classes or you just leave it to the uh, to the Q bank practice? Oh, we, we do a, a lot of alternate format questions in our classes, too. Uh, we, for practice, and we give students, we try to give students specific strategies for each of the alternate format questions. Uh, so we, we, we do talk about them, but we give uh, some, some more tips and strategies specifically about how to approach these alternate format questions. That's great to know. Yeah, so for anyone at home who's, can, who's thinking about ways to, uh, to prepare, of course, uh, it is something that we do offer uh, in our classes in our QBank as well. Um, so you have any final words of advice? That's my last question for you, Roberta. Uh, anything that you'd like to, uh, to say to the listener at home who's worried about alternate items or preparing for the NCLEX? Uh, any, any words of advice for them? Sure. Know the facts that we've talked about. Don't let your anxiety rule the way you approach these questions. Um, know that it's less than 50%. 
know that they're written at all difficulty levels, know that some of them aren't going to count, but also know that they're not going to go away. Um, they're there, you don't have to like them, but you do have to know how to answer them. So practice doing those, um, try not to approach them in a negative manner like, oh, I hate these. It's okay that you don't like them, but learn how to think about them and how to answer them by reviewing content, by uh, going slowly and reading carefully. A lot of students with alternate format questions, they find that they are rushed because they take a lot of time. So instead of slowing down and thinking about them, they just hurry through and they don't spend enough time thinking about them. And I'd like you to, I'd like to challenge that thinking by saying, take the time you need, think slowly, considerately, and logically through these, because if you do that, you'll get more correct uh, and you can answer more of them successfully. Well, wow, that is great advice. So thank you very much, Roberta. And thank you so much for uh, coming onto our podcast and talking to us a little bit about alternate items. I think uh, we'll definitely have to have you back on the show for, uh, for another episode. Thanks for having me, Matt. It was a pleasure to be here. And I hope that the people listening have gotten some important information that will help them to be successful on the exam. Yes, I well, thank. I'm sure that I, I know that they did listening to you. So, uh, so thank you again, and uh, we'll we'll talk sometime soon. Thanks, Matt. Take care. And for those of you who are listening at home, again, as Roberta mentioned, we do have uh, quite a number of ways for you to prepare for alternate item questions. And then, of course, with everything else that you need to prepare for, the NCLEX as well, whether you're interested in reviewing in a class, uh, using a QBank, using our computer adaptive test, whatever and however you prefer to study, definitely visit kaplannursing.com. And as my special gift to you, if you use the promo code PODCAST10, you can take off 10% off of any of those products. Again, that's podcast 10, podcast 10, And want to remind you, of course, to uh, reach out to us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, and uh, make sure to rate and subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or in Google Play or Podbean or whatever other platform you're using to listen to this podcast. I want to thank you all so much for listening to our podcast, and we look forward to seeing you again in a future prep cast. 